You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, I'm Demet Çanakçı, a Senior Program Director at Toronto Centre. We have just published a TC note titled Supervising Inclusive Financial Sectors. TC notes are meant to provide practical guidance to financial sector supervisors on key supervisory challenges. And I am very pleased today to have the author here with us, Laura Briggs Newbury, to talk to us about it. So Laura, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I really enjoyed working with Toronto Centre on this note. It's a subject very near and dear to my heart. Thanks. Uh, Laura has been working internationally to promote financial inclusion and financial sector development. So Laura, if you could first introduce yourself to our listeners and your experience in financial inclusion and supervision. Sure. Uh, So I worked for the U.S. uh, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, for close to 20 years. I started right out of college, undergraduate, and I started as a bank examiner, and I also worked as a regional case manager, so I had a portfolio of banks I monitored, and I also worked in the headquarters office in Washington in licensing, uh, enforcement, and policy areas. And as a consultant, I worked with several different international organizations to support supervisors in emerging market and developing countries to help them build their capacity in regulation and supervision of inclusive financial sectors. Thank you, Laura, for that introduction. Uh, So perhaps straight to the TC note then. Could you give us a broad outline of the note and what the value add is? Yeah. So the note brings together principles and practices related to financial sector oversight that are relevant to financial inclusion. So this includes proportionate regulation, risk-based supervision, and consumer empowerment. And the note really emphasizes the importance of understanding and managing linkages and trade-offs between different policy areas like stability, integrity, consumer protection, and financial inclusion. Uh, It also covers a few cross-cutting areas that supervisors are facing these days, such as new innovations and sources of competition, gender disparities in financial inclusion, and incorporating financial inclusion into crisis responses. Uh, The note has several country examples and a nice long list of resources for readers who want to dig deeper into a particular area. Thank you for this, Laura. Uh, You mentioned proportionality. Can you please help us understand the linkage between proportionality and financial inclusion. Yeah, so as many listeners are probably aware, proportionate regulations, they set the rules of the road. So supervisory expectations are consistent with an institution's systemic importance and risk profile and the broader financial system. Uh, So proportionality emphasizes the importance of balancing the benefits of regulation and supervision against their costs. And in financial inclusion context, we also want to consider both the risks of financial exclusion, so people relying on cash or unregulated providers, and economic and other benefits to inclusion. And finding the right balance is relevant to many different types of providers and risks, including prudential, anti-money laundering, and financial consumer protection. 
Uh, so the goal really is to allow for innovation and growth in financial services so we can serve more unbanked and underserved customers without adding excessive risk to stability, integrity, and consumers. So supervisor authorities focused on financial inclusion recognize the value of diverse financial markets. These include different types of financial service providers. Can you tell us a bit about the landscape and proportional regulation? Yeah, traditional banks and insurance companies have historically been less able or you know, sometimes even unwilling to meet the demand for financial services by underserved customers, especially those that are low income, low literacy, working informally or living in remote areas, for example. So policies that support a wider range of provider types have been critical to expanding financial inclusion in many countries. This includes names you're probably familiar with, like microfinance institutions, microinsurers, financial cooperatives and credit unions, and most notably, uh, e-money institutions are sometimes called mobile money providers. And these types of institutions are usually smaller and not systemically important based on their size, but they could have a systemic dimension due to their number. Uh, proportionate regulations help ensure that these providers are financially sustainable and operate responsibly and foster trust in formal financial institutions without adding excessive regulatory burden. Many thanks, Laura. A follow-up question on that. How about regulation on financial services providers that do not pose prudential risk, such as non-deposit takers? Yeah, that's a really important distinction. You know, supervisors may try to simplify their work with a, a one-size-all-fits approach, but this is usually too heavy for non-deposit takers that don't expose the sector to prudential risks. So for these providers, the focus should be mainly on market conduct issues like uh, anti-money laundering and consumer protection, as well as competition. Also, non-prudential supervision should rely more on off-site analysis and market monitoring with on-site reviews, which are more labor-intensive, uh, used only for those that are the riskiest providers. What prudential and non-prudential do have in common is the need to have a really good understanding of business models and risks. How about proportionality in AML regulation? How does it help address the challenges in financial inclusion? Can you give some examples? Yeah, proportionality in AML CFT helps address one of the main challenges in financial inclusion, which is lack of reliable identity documents and data for customer due diligence. Proportionate know your customer or KYC requirements for basic products used by low risk customers helps lower barriers to access, while at the same time reducing opportunities for money laundering and terrorist financing. Uh, one of the most common examples of how this works is supervisory authorities allowing simplified customer due diligence for basic bank or e-money accounts that have a limited number and size of transactions. So providers could rely on a single document, like a government ID or a reference letter or a biometric ID, for example. And it's important to remember that flexibility is actually encouraged by the Financial Action Task Force for purposes of financial inclusion. However, research shows that many authorities don't take advantage of this flexibility the way it was intended. So for example, products designed for underserved customers often have heavier than needed ID requirements, even if they're low risk. Thank you, Laura. Let's talk about risk-based supervision. Uh, by the way, Toronto Centre has a series of uh, risk-based supervision TC notes, and another one is actually upcoming on the implementation side. RBS, for short, uh, is relevant to prudential AML, uh, CFT, and financial consumer protection supervision, while inherent risks will differ. Can you tell us why does 
RBS matter for financial inclusion? Yeah, Toronto Centre is a great resource for RBS guidance. Uh, we provided several links uh, in our note. So the main issue for financial inclusion is that providers that focus on the financially excluded are usually small and less well-resourced compared to large banks and insurance companies. So overly intrusive supervision, like annual inspections, regardless of the risk profile or excessive data collection requests, can be really costly and time-consuming for them, you know, without matching gains to stability or integrity or consumer protection. And the prospect of excessive scrutiny may actually discourage new providers and product innovations from entering the market. On the other hand, because we like balance, a supervisor that relaxes supervision to promote financial sector development, so like weaker enforcement of risk management or reporting requirements, may fail to detect reckless practices and harmful products with negative consequences for stability and consumers. A good example of this is in the area of credit. Uh, India's 2010 microfinance crisis and the U.S. subprime mortgage crisis both show the adverse effect of rapid growth not being paired with proper monitoring and controls. Many thanks, Laura. Let's look at it uh, from the consumer side. So far, we agreed that proportionate regulation and RBS provide good foundation for surprising inclusive financial sectors. However, the picture is not complete without empowered consumers. How supervisory authorities can support consumer empowerment? Supervisors need to ensure consumers are able to interact confidently with providers and make informed financial decisions that improve their lives and their livelihoods. This helps build trust in formal financial services, which is a really important driver for financial inclusion. So in addition to having effective financial consumer protection, Two ways authorities can empower consumers is providing for effective dispute resolution and financial literacy. So the note describes supervisory expectations for providers handling customer complaints, as well as alternative dispute resolution mechanisms that provide a way for customers to resolve issues they were not able to with their provider without having to go to court, which is often not accessible to low-income people. So we share um, also several good examples and resources related to expanding financial literacy and its role in financial inclusion. Thank you very much, Laura. Uh, so we talked about three complementary elements of inclusive financial sector supervision. Uh, one, proportionate regulation. Two, risk-based supervision. And three, consumer empowerment. As a last question, may I ask your views on overall principles essential for sound implementation of any framework? I would say first, and arguably the most important, is having the right organizational culture. You know, inclusive financial sector supervision requires more than just a new set of procedures or systems to be successful. The culture really needs to embrace different mindsets and skills regarding inclusion and risk and innovation. So this starts with a positive tone from the top and requires buy-in throughout the whole organization. Uh, supervisors also need a really strong ability to understand and manage risks, including trade-offs between different policy objectives. Without this ability and you know, the willingness to use it, inclusion efforts uh, will suffer. And you also need good data collection and analysis. Timely and accurate data are essential for market monitoring and risk-based supervision of inclusive providers, you know, especially given the heavy reliance on off-site approaches for non-prudential supervision. You know, and these are all probably very familiar to experienced supervisors, but as financial services become increasingly numerous and complex, Authorities uh, interested in promoting financial inclusion can't afford to be complacent. Supervisors need to be dynamic and responsive to new risks and opportunities for financial inclusion as they emerge.
Thank you very much, Laura. This has been a fascinating conversation. Many thanks for your time, much appreciated. And also thank you for authoring such an important and interesting uh, TC note. I encourage participants to read it, which can be found on our website. Please feel free to send any questions or requests regarding TC notes to publications at torontocenter.org. I'm here today with Laura Briggs Newbury, and you have been listening to the TC Notes podcast series. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for the next episodes. Mm-hmm.